Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined by Joshua Lewis Smith. It's questionable internet opinions. Yeah, it is. Again. 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 Also, is it what they what they are they listening to this? What day are you listening to this? What day are they listening to this? Uh, it'll be up today, actually, I think, probably this oh. afternoon. Oh. Oh well then happy night before Halloween. <laughs> I just was wondering if you're listening to it on Halloween or not. That's yeah. all. That's all. So extra spoopy. How's how's your uh, um, questionable internet opinions? The spoopy edition. <laughs> so spoopy. Spoopy. How are your um, Halloween tr- avatar trainings going? Uh, I forgot about you know. That. I feel like you're stagnating a little bit. And mm. it's, it's been trouble. Still can't. Still can't find that that bone master man. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone feels up to making a um poster like a wanted poster or something like that or like a so that would be really fun. like a uh m4 or m seeking m m4 the, the craigslist ads what are they called yeah you got it no um, there's another there's another thing misconnections no that wouldn't be a misconnection would it no, I think it, it would just be, just like, be, a personal. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Anyway, so if anyone wants to put that together. I would say that would go under gigs. Under gigs. Yeah. 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 Looking for a bone master. <laughs> Halloween avatar in search of his bone master. Yep. <laughs> or no, it would be an ISO in Seco. In C- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do a, like, looking for suggestions post on Facebook later. Yeah, look. <laughs> <laughs> everybody i'm the halloween avatar and i am looking for a bone master mm-hmm. <laughs> the map of chicago <laughs> <laughs> you and uh a lot of the the stray gays in the corners of lurking in the corners of facebook yeah oh god <laughs> they're there they are there they're waiting they are waiting <laughs> waiting for you josh <laughs> Wait. So I just had a very a cold cat nose in my hand. It was good. Oh, there it is. She's again. very comfortable. <laughs> there we went to the thrift store today. We already told you about this, Josh, but yeah. I love a good thrift store. I could go to thrift stores all the time. I mean, I'm very good at them, too. And the hope is, always the hope is, for a haunted amulet. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that is the goal. Like, there is that, never one though. I have a bone to pick with thrift store Daniel though. What's that? Is that you believe that there's some sort of like good juju that that I'm going to disrupt? Because I, you know, I'm the kind of person that when I'm at a store, I like to take my time. I like to like look at everything. I like to pick things up. And I had like just gotten into my groove, and you were like, "What did you say to me?" You were like, "You can't push the thrift store." <laughs> Oh my god. You can't push the thrift store. You gotta you go in, you go for twenty minutes, and if as soon as you start feeling diminishing returns, as soon as you've pulled five things from a shelf and you're like, This isn't working, this is a weird design, this isn't gonna fit me. As soon as you've like questioned too many times and you feel like the gro- like you're like, Alright, I need to turn around and head up out. And there's you're gonna stop for things on the way out. Like we definitely stop for things. Yeah, because what I was just gonna from say from that moment. What I was just gonna say is as soon you were as soon as you were like diminishing returns, we gotta go. That's when I found the coat. That's the most straight boy shopping nonsense I've ever heard. <laughs> shopping is not a sprint, Daniel. It's a marathon, and it's exhausting and awful. But you do it for forty hours, and then you have clothing. <laughs> But see, I like going to the thrift store like once a week rather than 
once every year or something, you know? I simply I, do not have the energy for that. <laughs> see, that's why you go for 20 minutes, you find a couple pieces, and then... No, but, like, even just making myself go there is a thing. Oh, for sure. I, that's legit. I, like, yeah, I have to set aside a whole day. Just yeah. because I never know how long I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. I that was that was Friday in Milwaukee for me after the um, interview with characters mm-hmm. with Marcy and Eric I I went and got my hair cut and then I you know starting at I spent from 11:30 until 2 p.m. at a at a store just like walking around yeah and that shit no and I, I'm not like I'm definitely not knocking that shopping experience I just think that when you go to a thrift store the best op, the best time you're gonna have is if you don't like get too in the weeds no you I have to put on every piece of clothing and then imagine <laughs> the whole life the whole biography of the person who used to own that piece of clothing you have to. And then you have to decide if you fit into that story <laughs> yes <laughs> well okay so it I, takes I'm days. I'm wearing a sweater I picked up at the store. It's a Bar Harbor main sweater. And I can tell already that people are going to see me in this sweater. I'm going to be wearing this sweater for, like, the next week. Um, I I think you should... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say on the record, I think that you should wear a shirt underneath it. For, okay. All right. Just because... And here's why. That, it's a fleecy material, and you're, it's going to make you sweat. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, well. So you, you need some kind of barrier. For sure. But... <laughs> Uh, but his fleece does have a story, and that's the nice thing. You I was going to ask, yeah, what is the story? <laughs> well, you know, so you're down, this guy and his wife and their young kids, they're down in Boca visiting her parents around the holidays. I don't know, which po- Passover, it's Passover. And <laughs> and um, they go out to that like kind of mediocre buffet restaurant that they always go to just because her parents like it and they have a good early bird special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, and um but you know it's 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 like march in florida so it's warm during the day but you know the temperature drops a little bit and the guy is like honey um did i did i I leave my fleece in the in the car you know it's getting chilly and that's the story of your fleece well because i will say to, to this fleece's credit it goes on easily like it's a it's a swift it's a swift on and off. I feel like we thing. need to take a picture of you in the fleece. Yeah. We're gonna and, post that picture with this be, episode. Yeah, the, that's gonna the be episode. the episode picture of right. just you in the fleece. That makes sense. Sitting in the chair. Um because cool. I feel like this is podcast gold. Yeah. So I what I really wanna do is talk about because um, I've seen I feel like I've seen a lot of stuff recently and there's a lot of stuff that I still feel like I want to see. Like it's you know, we're going from October to November, like, the fall performance season is kind of, like, flipping over, and I just kind of, I feel like it'd be fun to do a little, like, review. Because for me, I think my, as an audience member, uh, season really started with probably probably your show, Josh, probably Thompson Street. I'm trying to think of what was really before that. Yeah, just because it was, like, a late summer show, right? When did yeah. We, when did we perform? August. Well, and it, the reason why it felt like a late summer show was because summer was so late. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden we were, like, deep into, like... I don't know. Like, I, I got to see a couple things at the Goodman, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and I've been seeing more theater lately. Like, just the other night I saw um, St. Joan, who we'd had on the show... Um, and St. Joan was fantastic. It was the all-femme, um, uh, George Bernard Shaw 
Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. And I didn't realize how, like, religious St. Joan is as a story. I know, I know. I'm giving him a look. You can't see it. But the the first word in that play is Saint. I know. <laughs> the second's Joan. Also, Joan of Arc. <laughs> well, I take for granted the word Saint being a person from a Catholic background. Like, I forget. That's a word. Do you, ever, do you have words that you just, like, say out loud but don't, like, take any weight to them? Do you know what I mean by that? Like... Blood Tide. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Blood Tide. That's exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nail on the head, Josh. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Dead Rat Circus. Mm, yeah. Mm. No weight to me. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of. It just kind of like a dead rat circus. Like Carousel uh, of Organs. What's Cot doing right now? <laughs> um, isn't uh, is doing it, some Stravinsky. Yeah, but isn't isn't console about to open? It is. Yeah. It is. Because yeah. that's on my must see list. Yeah. Is Patricia Reset in that? Yes, she is. Isn't yeah, that, uh... that's awesome. Well, and I know that our friend Patrick, um, who's one of the COT young artists, is yes. in rehearsal for some Stravinsky opera. Okay. He's telling me that it's a bear to learn. Mm. Stravinsky would be. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Yeah. I don't know. What have you seen lately? I, I don't think I've seen anything in a little... Well, the last thing... I mean, the last thing I saw was my brother's metal show. Oh, how was that? <laughs> was oh, yeah. Great. Yeah? Yeah. No, they did a great job. It was fun. Cool. I felt a little bit out of place. I felt very out of place. Dude, is, have your, did your brother come into town and then leave town already? Yeah. Oh, they were, they were on a big tour, so they were here for a minute. And then oh, okay. Um, wow. Going to like, Iowa or something next. I don't know. And then they were up, going back up to Canada... So, your brother's band is, like, is it, like, a big deal? I mean, like, yeah. I don't know what big deal is in the world of metal, but, yeah, the people know them. People like them. Mm. I wonder if Claire DeCanto knows about them. Because Claire, my, um, Betsy DeCanto, my mom's best friend, her daughter, Claire, is, um, is a metalhead, and they are, um, a DJ for University of Chicago's like pu- like college radio and mm-hmm. they play they have like a metal show sweet mm. so I wonder if I wonder if they know about that huh? how about the lyric I really wanted to see Rigoletto did not get to I see did it. not see Rigoletto I my thing about that one I think especially just right now where I am financially is I'd rather concentrate on seeing things I haven't seen a thousand mm-hmm. times and I've right. seen Rigoletto a thousand times yeah that being said it was apparently incredible so yeah. I look a little sad about it yeah Rigoletto is the one where I feel like uh, opera companies like trying to do something with you know because it's got some meat to it yeah but I, I also oh but a bad Rigoletto can be so brutal for sure <laughs> like specifically the guy playing the, t- the title character if he's not interesting oh boy mm-hmm. I saw a really incredible Rigoletto in Baltimore like five years ago oh god that the uh, the Rigoletto was incredible um, His name was Petite Opera's uh, Barber of Seville. Barber of Seville is about to mentioned. open next weekend. Um, Third Eyes with Bud with Ink is still going for, I think, it one more weekend. I'm, I'm going to try to catch it next weekend. Yeah, uh, me too. I, they do. It seems like they do a lot of industry nights. Maybe I'm getting that mixed up with something else. Well, they just had, last weekend they did some industry tickets. They, mm-hmm. to be determined this weekend are you uh, there's also Forte Chicago too Forte Chicago which sounds top. incredible um, Valkyrie's opened mm-hmm. or oh it's open yeah it's like it's running a 
various points throughout the month of November. My friend Lauren is in that. Oh, right. At the Lyric. Mm-hmm. And I'm desperate to see that. Especially because I like Ryan Gold. I've never seen Valkyrie. Christine Gerke's in it. So it's like, mm-hmm. enough. I'm like, sold, sold, sold. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, I could see Val. I could see Valkyrie. We talked about on the show about how critiquing Christine Gurkha is just stupid, right? Gurky. 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 It is. She's amazing. She's the best performer I've ever seen. I don't, like, if you critique her, you're a monster. I'm not sure I've ever seen Christine Gurky perform. So, well, the first time I saw her was Electra, which now she is, like, the it Electra across the planet, which is mm-hmm. great. I love that. And then I saw her as Cassandra and Troyan here. here nice. Uh, which was amazing. And it was, I think that might have been the review that set this all, <laughs> this segment all off in motion when the, that stupid blog didn't like her and I flipped out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but she's just really a remarkable performer. So keep it's worth it to see. And I think that Valkyries will be totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had a thought and it's gone. Um, you know what's cool about Christine Gerke is that she's really active in... Um, Bopo? N- well, yes, but no. Um, in just like online forums. Yeah. Which, like, I don't often associate, like, A-list opera folks with folks who will comment on internet threads. You know what I mean? But, like, I feel like in the next 30 years, you're going to start seeing more and more of that, aren't you? Because people just are so tied to the internet. And then, so yeah, she's definitely in it. And it's great to see that. But she's, especially because she's, I think, such a positive presence. Yeah. Yeah. She's, like, a really smart helpful wonderful person and she's also she's also big into education like she runs the um wagner institute in miami summer stuff mm. mm-hmm. like she she's really all about giving back to the next generation of singers and helping them out which is super cool that is super cool especially at the same time as having a big career it's not like For she's sure. retired now doing it it's she's not, doing it while she's having a career right no i mean because dolores ajak has that dramatic yep yep but is she still singing? I don't think so. So, I mean, it's, it's refreshing to see... She did a master class at um, UCF a couple years ago, and she... I think she was sick performing something then, but I'm pretty sure she was like, I'm, I'm gonna be done. But I do remember she sang a bit to, like, coach through somebody, and oh my god, that voice. Yeah. yeah. Hearing it in person. Oh, for sure. Like a... Anyway, sorry. No, I, um... It's cool to see someone in the prime of their career... Who, like, isn't... Because I feel like a lot of opera education are folks saying, like, well, ten years ago, when I was in the prime of my career, this is what I was doing. Right. Whereas, you know, and half of that advice is no longer applicable. Because... Mm -hmm. Because it changes so much. Exactly. But, I mean, having somebody who's currently doing it... For sure. Who is currently succeeding, being like, this is what I do... This is what I did last week. Well, I think that's what the allure is of, of folks that are really into Joyce. Yeah. Yes. Joyce did not. Yes. She does, she's extremely. Yeah. Sorry, she does a lot of master classes. For sure. She's constantly traveling and doing Yeah. Them, and and very transparent with her uh, fans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it, really? What do you want? Oh, oh my God. God. Woody makes great noises, y'all. She, really she does, does really make good noises. She learned so, it from us. How was the big ziti pizza? It was good. I've been playing with... I took pictures of it. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you've seen it already. But I've been playing with um, pizza dough. 
the pizza dough I make from scratch and put the big CD on it. Um, yeah. And the brownies, too. Literally, my only issue with that big ZD was that there were shiitake mushrooms in there. Yeah, we've learned that Maureen does not like... And I, I like them, because they add a different kind of flavor to the sauce, I think. A shiitake mushroom in, in, the, in the red sauce. Dirt. Maybe try... I think they taste good, but maybe chop them up more. For sure. Yeah, because they were huge. That yeah, the they thing. were, like, Like, big. if you want to impart that flavor, then, like, have, like, little pieces throughout the sauce. A little, like, more guanciale type situation. What? So, that's a pork <laughs> thing. That... I know what I know what guanciale is, but... Well, you chop it up before you put it in. Oh. To, like, do that. Sure. Or, like, onions. <laughs> <laughs> Or like onions. <laughs> oh, you mean like guanciale? <laughs> yeah. Uh, excuse me, but I am wearing a main fleece. Oh, yeah, you're right. I know how to pronounce guanciale. Oh, that's not the issue. It's that instead of, it's like, no, when, no, you, when you were presented with a situation where you need to describe something that you chop up and incorporate, you chose guanciale. Yeah. A thing you don't even eat. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta know the science, you know? Hmm. Um, anyway. Well, there was something anyway. that, Josh, you wanted to bring up. Yeah, I thought, well, we could... <sighs> we could talk about what I wanted to bring up first if you want to, or we can get into the two you wanted to talk <laughs> no, about. No, that's, I guess we'll trigger warning, more or less, for that sexual assault again. It's so hard to unavoidable these days, but I think that's it's it's seventeen fifty is where we're yeah, and I think that's good. And the reason why I think it's good is because the fact that this national conversation is continuing after um, after the Harvey Weinstein conversation really. Not that we never we talk about it a lot. I mean, but I think right now there's all there's actually being repercussions, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so what? So right now I'm talking about Kevin Spacey. Um, yeah. which is, I'm sure most of you have seen that on Facebook, and what happened was actor Anthony Rapp um, came out and said, you know, when I was 14 Kevin Spacey got I, f I forget what, he, he got like really Was it like a aggressive physical? physically it... with him at a party or something like that. I don't know the details. I don't know if they even said more details than that. Um, and Kevin Spacey issued a statement or his people or whatever that was like you know, um it was basically like, yeah, well, I've, um, as many people know, I've, uh, you know, had a relationship with both men and women and choose to give, live as a gay man. And it was like the worst possible statement that you could issue in reply to being accused of sexually assaulting a minor. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> what that was was spin. And it was, and it worked brilliantly. Like the New York Post's article this morning was like, Kevin Spacey's gay. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, right. he's a sexual assaulter. Right. And the thing is, so yeah, it was brilliant, but also, like, horrifying. And then it's even worse, uh, like, most of my friends on, like, gay Twitter, everyone's furious because we constantly are having to work against people th equating homosexuality with pedophilia. Constantly. For sure. And now, and that's basically all he did. He was like, Instead of saying yes, I assaulted him. I, I think I do think he issued an apology. Which fuck that. I don't care. This happened like thirty years ago, twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but f who cares? I mean, not who cares. But you, you, you just said in response to, hey, 
this guy assaulted me. Yes, I am gay. Like, that's mm-hmm. not okay. That's a nuance that I had not Oh, yeah. Of. Oh, no, that's, sure. that's something that's really bothers me. Because people all the time, oh, I don't want my kids near gay people, partially because they don't want them to be gay, partially because they don't want gay people to touch them. It's like that thing. Yeah. Which, which is like, first of all, lady. <laughs> Invisible lady. Imagine lady. <laughs> Most of us gays... I don't want to speak for most gays. We don't like children. A lot of us don't like children, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I hate children. I don't want to touch a child. I want to touch a six foot five rich guy with muscles. <laughs> That's like the most <laughs> not child. Like, no. <laughs> but <laughs> but that, that aside, like, you know, so this is a thing that people have had you know, gay community has been fighting against forever. And what Kevin Spacey did is just so shitty. And then also to use the words, well, I choose to live this game. And you don't choose jack shit, Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Fuck well, you. What well, that... Kevin Spacey chooses. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think that... Yeah, there's a whole lot of bullshit in there that I, that I had not thought of. Oh, yeah. That is now... I have many feelings about it. <laughs> so, the, yeah. the idea of... Yeah, the idea of, well, I've, I've had relationships with both men and women, and I choose to live as a gay man. And it's like... is Basically, he's choosing to, like, cloak himself with that. Like, yes. he's, he's choosing to... It feels weirdly like appropriation. I don't... I can't explain why. Well, I, I kind of see what you're saying, though, yeah. I'm interested in the thought that, because I know this is a thought that a lot of gay voices um, feel, is that the idea of um, the cloak of of citing that you're gay as a uh, cloak to separate yourself from the patriarchy, or like to set yourself apart from male gays, and I, I'm curious in kind of that angle. Too. I guess because, but he's like. He is the epitome of the patriarchy, Kevin well, Spacey. <laughs> Despite right. you know, he is a white man and with power that takes advantage of people. Mm-hmm. And this is like okay, so this is one person who came out against him. There are eight billion more, and it's one of those like, I feel like it's one of those like Hollywood's worst kept secrets things. And it's so stupid that now there's blowback now. Like Netflix is dropping House of Cards and considering dropping something else that Kevin Spacey worked on. And the blowback is really yeah. And I'm glad there's blowback, but it's stupid because everyone knew like I, if you have friends working in LA friends working in Hollywood or whatever even in New York and Broadway and stuff every, well, every, first of all everyone knew he was gay but second of all everyone knew that he did this kind of shit that he was working on a movie somewhere and was abusing teenage boys like this is this is like almost common knowledge so the fact that the blowback is happening now it's just yeah. like come on guys well yeah, sorry. But that, but that same thing happened with Harvey Weinstein. Everyone knew he was an abusive fuck, mm-hmm. but now they're like, oh no, people, I guess we can't avoid this publicity, you know. It reminds me a lot of that story arc on Master of None, where um, the um, um, Dev is working with the that oh, celebrity right. chef, where like throughout his entire interaction with this guy on the show that they do together he's being warned by everyone like oh well he's kind of a dirtbag so keep track and then he like does his own digging and he talks to a bunch of different people and they're like oh yeah no he's a total creep blah 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 but only when but like so everyone in the industry knows about it yeah it's that once it actually gets called out in public are people like i am shocked right exactly and it's it's a tale as old as time honestly like for sure like, only when the press gets a hold of it. Only when... When they decide that it's important enough to put in the news cycle, or when they... Yeah. 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 
And I also didn't mean... Uh, I'm just thinking again about before, because I think there's a big difference between... And I preface, like, I, I want to know what you actually think about this thought. Uh, the idea of there's a, a difference between, like, kind of like a classic, like, oh, well, you know, Aristotle uh, appreciated the male form. And then, like, the queer folks that we know. You know what I mean? And, like, well, kind of, first like, of queer all, culture. Well, first of all, we have... We have no clue what things were really like back then, but also things were very different. Um, yeah. By all accounts, as far as the relationship that they had with sexuality in, you know, in ancient Greece and Rome, and I don't think that that applies to this situation. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, um, for me, it's an interesting thought of, like, I feel like there's... Um, you start getting into kind of, like, the way that, like, the Woody Allen and the Harvey Weinstein times are thinking about it, and it's like, well, you know... I don't know. I think of, like, Lolita, and I think of, like, there's just... And, and even, like, Goethe and, and Mignon, how young she was. There's this, like, weird, like, so enlightenment, intellectual, yeah. like... Uh, because who is writing those stories? Men. It's yeah. all framed by, by old sure. men in power or whatever. That's why. It's glamorized, and they're like, oh, no, you know, this young girl, this young boy, and I'm an old guy, and it's a beautiful thing because it was right. written by these predatory men, gross men, disgusting fucks. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know. So, yeah, we, we have... Just like, just like a stupid... This is a good... I was, there was a fight about Bible pronouns that came up on my Facebook the other day. Yeah, because it's all written by men. It's yeah. all... Well, yeah, why, why do you think it's all that? Because it's written by fucking men. All of this is written by men. History is written by men. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because the... And this is this is a common, a common you know, thing that's said, um, like, among historians of, like, it's the people who win who write the history books. Yes. You know, and so, of course, the people who... You know, if the, if the South had won the Civil War, you know, it would be... It would be the War of Northern Aggression, and we would all be like, it would be ter- like it would be commonly known as that, as as opposed to laughingly known as that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's all about. I don't know. We, I think, ultimately, it boils down to we need to get more not non male voices, non white straight cis male voices, telling their stories. Mm. Yes. That's my thought on the issue. Well, you know, Kevin Spacey, he's a real enlightened dude. Kind of a dirtbag, Kevin kind Spacey. Of a Total Kevin Spacey. fucking dirtbag. Yeah. That breaks um, my heart, honestly. Well, and I, that's kind of my that's kind of where I'm coming at with this cuz I feel like Master of Cards, Master of Cards, House of House What the of fuck cards. is the stupid show? House of, House of Cards. Of cards. Like, I got through three seasons of that, and I was like, this is aggressive. This is... I feel taken advantage of with this show. Like, where I'm being taken on an emotional journey and, like, like, dredging up trauma, potentially. Well, what what makes me sad about it is that, like... Kevin Spacey, before... Obviously, before I knew about all of this sexual assault stuff with him, is that, like... Wasn't he, like, kind of a th- philanthropist? Like, didn't he do... Probably. But see, it but, gets but, into this whole thing of where we were talking about with, like, Anthony Bourdain and, like, Vice for me. Where, like, for example, as a person who's an alcoholic, like, I got a lot out of... You know the um, bit of alcoholism that they do in the West Side Story with um, his chief of staff? Um, you mean West Wing? 
What did I say? West Side Story? Story? I was like, what bit about alcohol? So alcohol. Pretty sure that's not in West Side Story. No, uh, the bit of alcoholism in the West Wing with his chief of staff. Yeah. I thought that was really well handled. And as a person who struggled with alcoholism, felt like I came out of that experience not feeling like a monster. But like when you look at the alcoholism in House of Cards and see like season three or something like that, where the guy's like taking shots of bourbon from a syringe and it's like scored and sh- the way that it's shot is meant to like kind of like ri- make you writhe emotionally. And so I don't I can't imagine what for folks that are like potential sexual assault survivors that are watching shows like that and then they depict sexual assault using these tones, these like hyper serious hyper. They, the things that are like it's, it's beautifully shot sexual assault right and, and th- when it's like that it it makes it it draws a reaction out of you and it, it makes it for me it almost makes it like you gotta ask the question of like what is the director's like another good example of this is like Mother that we didn't I, I didn't actually see Mother but I've read a lot of of talk about do you know which movie I'm talking about yeah but I haven't seen it so I'm not gonna talk about it well it's the same kind of basic thing where it's like when you're displaying this much violence like at what point what's your responsibility to not like break your audience I don't know I guess I guess where I was getting at with the Kevin Spacey thing is that like I don't know I'm just, I guess I'm just sad that these folks that I thought were doing cool art are dirtbags and that I can't appreciate their art anymore. Mm. And I'm I'm glad that we know that they're dirtbags, is my point. I don't, how how to have this discussion without, okay, so, nope. I don't want to defend this because, well, I don't care because it's not like I consume any Kevin Spacey art. I don't. I don't. I don't watch House of Cards. I just don't really give a fuck. But a lot of the classical composers that three of us in this room really like were also dirtbags. But that hasn't stopped us. We were just talking about seeing seeing Valkyries. Oh yeah, I don't like, I don't, <laughs> Wagner. Yeah, was a trash bag of a human. Yep. So where do we draw that line? That's really interesting. <laughs> and that's, I don't have an answer. I'm just asking the question, you know? <laughs> it, that's been something that's been uh, interesting to me and a thing that we should, that people need to talk about of like where the line between art and the people that make art is. Especially right. when you have someone like... And I think you can make the case for this with Wagner too where there is a lot of his own ideology that comes out in his work. But someone like Woody Allen oh, where yeah. like there are, people that, there are people that will defend Woody Allen but like... Woody Allen puts himself in his work pretty aggressively. My mom really likes Woody Allen movies. I, you know something? For a long time, uh, Manhattan was one of my favorite films of all time. Because of the of the way it scores. And, you know, to, to double down on your point, the way that it scores the Gershwin uh, Rhapsody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. There's There are things that I find very... Um, well, there are things I find very grating about Woody Allen movies, but there's also things that I just feel like I kind of get that are very New York to me. That are yeah. uniquely like I get this as part of my life experience and some you know certain things. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. yeah. But then you see Manhattan too, and there's parts of Manhattan where it's like that girl. He's this guy's a forty year old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dating a sixteen year old girl, and it's like that's super not. That actually always kind of jars me and takes me out of the movie a little bit. That's the only really. But so then you go like, 
are you making Woody Allen? Are you making the point that all New Yorkers are pedophilic? Because like, what the fuck is that about? If you're making this love letter to Manhattan and like the romantic plot in it is like you taking advantage of a fucking model or actress or whatever it was that she was. Was she just a student even? I don't even fucking remember Manhattan. Remember. Somebody write in about the plot of Manhattan, I guess. But um, I mean, or you could look it up. Yeah, it's not really worth it to me. Someone just write in with a link to let me Google that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, can we talk about the bean? Yeah. What's the t- what's the end, t- end time? 3230. Cool. So, 1753? Yeah, I, I, mean, I wrote it down. Cool. What did I say? 1330? Mm-hmm. No, no. 3230. 30. 30. Well, now it's 3245. Okay, what? so then we have to write a content warning for us talking about content warnings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't like us listening... Okay, talk about the fucking bean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's really interesting. I uh, I have seen... Well, so obviously the Bean events have been going on for fucking ever. But I think it's something we've kind of com- commented on the show in the past. is just like the uh, where we're at as a society as far as what kind of art we appreciate. That's true. We like things that are free. We like things that are fleeting. And we like things that are obsessive. Well... <laughs> I always appreciate, I always appreciate like those uh, this day in Facebook. Oh yeah, I love that. That where it goes, it shows you what weird fucking thing we were obsessed with a year ago today. Yeah. Like I'm looking. What I think is going to be really interesting is a year from now, or like a year from last week when all the Me Too stuff comes back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, are people going to repost it? Like, is it going to be like an October, like a yearly thing in October? I'm sure that a few people will. I'm I sure. I can't imagine. Yeah, and that's, that is this interesting thing. Because there is an element of, like, we're never going to forget you see that and then kind of feel how you felt when you posted that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and that goes for everything I post. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. There are, like, when I get to certain times of year and I see things that I was posting during, you know, in 2011, when I get to June... You know, when shit comes up from 2011, like, around when my dad died, yeah. like, I, like, relive that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it's so, like, you know, for all of this, like, Me Too stuff, or, like, for all this bean shit. Or, like, so my, I know my sobriety post is the reason why I went back to being, to not drinking. Yeah. 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 That was, like, to your point, like, I, I like, tried drinking again and then saw the post again and realized that, like, I'd made a mistake. Yeah. Um... Anyway, the thing the other thing about the bean stuff though is and I am not picking a fight with Josh right now. If you want to have a fight right now, <laughs> I'll have the fight. Like that's totally fine. But like the I posted a status and immediately felt bad about it and deleted it cuz I was like, "Oh, Josh thinks I'm picking a fight with him." <laughs> cuz there were just a bunch of threads in like random meme groups because the bean events went to kind of like a national scale, really. Yeah, they came across my Tumblr. From, like, non-Chicago yeah. people. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, well, because there were so fucking many of them. They, like, it... it re- They really tagged into the, um... The Facebook algorithm. I think, too, because they were all city-based, you know? Like, yes. a lot of our national news we get on a city level. Like, words like Ferguson end up becoming, uh... 
trending words because they're, you know, a city. Um, or, you know, like uh, Miami or like Houston. Houston this year was a, was one of those. Anyway, so I think with all of that, kind of with Facebook kind of adjusting to that kind of conceptually in the last couple of years, this was just the perfect storm of like, oh, Chicago-related event. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we gotta, we gotta put up, because it's like, I'll go through it, and it'll be five Bean events in a row. They're still going. Like, they're still... Here's what, now I'll tell you what amazes me. No, because this is, this is the, so there's a lot of things that Facebook buries in my feed that I never see. Yeah. And I'll tell you what it doesn't bury anytime any of my friends click interested on a Bean event. Right, It tells me every single time any one of them, it shoots right up to the top of my news feed. Yep. And this is the people I even talk to, not just Daniel, just anyone, people, so-and-so is interested, not even like going to, so-and-so is interested in this event, like 50,000 of these Bean events, like how how does it factor into the Facebook algorithm? I want to know. It's not like someone's paying for these bean what? events. And also, also, people marking interested on the fucking bean events, whereas people mark interested on artistic things that people are producing in Chicago are not popping up on our news feeds. Uh, yeah, like That's the truth. We've post the last few events we've done um, have been extremely buried, and it's like. They're interesting things like the Libyama flash mob got completely buried. We can, and I'm saying this not because of like, I'm not saying this as an insecure person that is like, why are you responding to my event invites? It's because I can see that I invite 300 people to an event and it, Facebook only shows it to 60. Right. It shows me who sees it. So it's it's like, well, it's you know that's you're not going to show that stuff, the organizational stuff for folks that like have potentially confirmed it with me in the path that they would be interested in doing it and stuff like that. You're not even going to show them the event invite, but you're going to bump fucking bean events to the top of the Facebook feed. I completely agree with that frustration. I just know that there are folks that are, that are like specifically like, don't keep, you, you know that you don't keep marking interested in bean events. Like, can you believe that these people are making the bean events? Like, uh, it's like let people enjoy a thing. I think there's like a really we like don't let people enjoy anything. There's a there's a comic that that circulates whenever people I love whenever, that comic. Like there's people butting heads about and it's like somebody whispering in some someone's ear, let people enjoy things. Yeah. Yeah. I Oh yeah, my friend likes to pull that out anytime someone's like, Oh, you know, I just don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't get it. And it's like it doesn't matter, you don't have to. Just let don't yeah. Don't participate. Do yeah. something else. Well, because you don't even realize. I'm sure there are things that I do that are um, potentially dismissive of other things that I don't realize. You know what I mean? Like you don't. I don't think we always realize, especially in like Facebook comment arguments and stuff. We don't realize how we can potentially come off dismissive of of things. <laughs> Got in such a fight. I mean, I can't remember if I talked about this in the last podcast or not. Which one? Which? Well, because I've gotten to now two fights with the same mezzo who says shit about Maria Callas. Oh God! <laughs> but my second one was really good. Well, because it was the same thing. She was dismissing people. Mm-hmm. Um, she was. God, this is a niche. None of you care. I don't care. So it was a discussion. The first discussion was, 
Oh, it was a list of who's your favorite singer who sung Carmen. That's mm-hmm. what it was. And someone listed Callis, and I was like, oh god, this is going to go badly. Yeah. And it did. And, and did it ever. And it did. But uh, ooh, I actually think her Carmen's great, but whatever. So I, I, but the thing was, so we were just arguing with her, and she was like, well, Callis, you know, you know, it just sounds like a lyric soprano singing in her low notes. And I was like, Cal's never sounded like a lyric soprano for herself because that's not something she was. Second of all, she had been, like well known for strong <laughs> low notes, and I played her examples, and she's like, "No, you cl- you guys clearly just don't listen to enough dramatic voices. You don't listen to mezzos. You don't like chest voice, like all this bullshit." And I was like, "I'm done with you." So then it came back. I, I actually it ripped her a new one, calling calling her out for calling people condescending while being dismissive of people. I was like, "Girl, I'm an opera queen. All I do all day is listen to opera. I listen to mezzo. I listened like nine of my favorite mezzos." Of my favorite dramatic voices, and I was like, it doesn't matter. I think Callis sings Lona, it's great. You don't have to like her, but don't be dismissive. Yeah. Let people exactly let people enjoy things. If a bunch let of people, people enjoy things. But if a bunch of people like the thing with those forums, everyone treats everyone else like they're they an idiot. Like they're an idiot. Meanwhile, most of the people have one to two degrees in this. Right. Spent their time singing it, listening to it, seeing it, auditioning for it, playing it, whatever. I know there's a lot of people in these forums, but that doesn't mean that they don't know things. Yeah, the implication that that you're the smartest person in a forum of 8,000 people is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but people yeah. really like to think that, well, I am the authority and you are not. Well, how many of those 8,000 people probably have masters and or doctorates? Because guess what? A lot of them. Not that that's a marker for intelligence or knowledge, because it really isn't. But, you know. No, for people, sure. People, it, it is a marker of time spent in a certain... The things that most people in there count as their things as markers of their own intelligence tend to be the same things that other people have in that group. You know that, that, that's that's kind of what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. That I think that's a good, good way like, to put it. I've traveled internationally and you know, so is yeah. like everyone else yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah, so is at least half of the the eight thousand. Yeah. Well, I went to the Met. Yes, we've all seen that. We've all Met. gone to the Met. <laughs> yes, I mean, yep. you know, it's just it's like that kind of. Anyway, that's my let. That's me another thing where I because I will I'm pretty heavy handed with my critique of the lyric and. um I feel like I get sometimes. Yeah, that's sure. That's a, that's a good example because I was like, like, "Oh, have you been to the lyric?" And it's like, "I've been. I went to every for a whole season. I went to every show at the lyric while I was in school and could get student discount tickets. I've seen every kind of aspect of what the lyric has to offer, and like I get it, and like I get the merit of it. But I think that there can be a, there's still a lot of room for growth. Um, sorry, I don't know. I just like went off. <laughs> While you were doing that, both Josh and I were looking at straight phones. straight to the phones, and I was like, "Oh God, I, I feel like I've I feel like I've like paddled myself into an island onto an island." Of- well, I mean, that's just a point that you and Josh disagree on. That- no, well, I mean, I think we last we talked about it, we kind of came to an agreement in that it does what it does. It doesn't push boundaries. What it does is important, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Daniel wants to go see it. Well, and he lets some... Um, I want to take... I'm going to take this as a great example of, like, to actually what infighting can be. Because I believe in... I strongly believe in infighting. And, like, there... I would say that Josh is one of the most, like, progressive and, like... Uh, and, like, anti-capitalist and, like, mind that, <laughs> minds that I trust. Like, I like talking to Josh and I like disagreeing with Josh because like it's important to me to be able to better understand how I feel about a thing and then I think because it's not like I'm an authority on who should or shouldn't go to the lyric (laughs) what ends up happening is that the conversations that we're able to have on that note we we find a great middle ground and and able to are a bit 
able to nuance our own. And I, but I think that a key to that is something that we actually talk about, Maureen, in our relationship, which is that whole idea of, of like, Ooh. sorry, that I'm like, oh, I don't okay. know. I, I just think this is a really important point is the idea of when you hear someone else's argument or when you hear some, what else, what's upsetting someone, like also being able to re- say to that person, like, I appreciate this piece of your argument. I disagree with it. I disagree with something of it. But like, here's the part of what you're saying that I completely agree with and I see where you're coming from. Because I think in a lot of cases, and especially in infighting, we can assume that the other person knows that we with with which things we agree with them. So my point being there is that like, in a conversation about like what it is that we like or dislike about the lyric, like it, I could say like yeah i don't i don't like the lyric for this reason and this reason and this reason and if it comes right after you were just saying how you believe that the lyric is a institution that we should uh we should have because it it promotes like the highest level of singing and there's a certain level of production that you just can't accomplish in anything yeah. i of course i agree to those yeah things. of course but if if in, in the first iteration of that of that argument in the first time that there's a comment thread where he comments the one piece of that thing that he says and then i go well you know they do hire a lot of white people to sing now in white roles, and then you, you that can that to a uh, to an objective person or to whatever. I mean, like just look, just look at that and realize that like what that sounds like is me saying you're an idiot. It's it's they don't they have white people cast as non-white people. You're wrong. When in reality, it's I agree with everything you just said. Let's think about this one thing, you know, or like and when you co- when you ha- come back to me with the same thing, I think that. It's important in infighting, especially, that we recognize the thing, the commonalities as well. Because in the, in most cases, like same thing with like talking about the left and talking about the Democratic Party and talking about that kind of stuff. Where it's like I think a lot of the Bernie v Hillary debate has gone so far the down the deep end of like, oh you you're a Bernie supporter or oh you're a Hillary supporter. Well, you're dumb. Here, so then, let me let me pose this. So, in a world where where people are very are like fiercely defensive of their opinions of things, especially in a field like opera, where you have to pay a lot of money and you spend a lot of time becoming proficient in this skill, and so what you believe, you believe very fiercely. For sure. Um, in that world where you know there are online forums that promote discussion of like. what the art form is doing, how it's progressing. And you're talking about infighting where everybody believes, like, baseline that the ultimate goal is the promotion of of the art form and those who who practice that art form. Like, that's baseline. Everybody Mm -hmm. believes that the people who practice our art form should be successful at practicing that art form. Mm -hmm. Um, Would it be... you know, would it be helpful to, like, and and yours and you're saying that, like, you know, in the discussion of the merits of the lyric, that you agree with everything that Josh says, but and I'm just using you two as an example. You agree with everything that Josh says, but you have this point to counter it. Wouldn't it be beneficial for the overall tone of that discussion? To before you go into your argument, especially when you're typing it out, for sure, saying, "I absolutely agree with you, and I appreciate your points." Here is yes. what I have to say. That's what. Now, oddly enough, 
this line has not helped me get any jobs lately, but this has been my big my big answer to customer service things in job interviews, which is I don't want a customer service job, so maybe it's just better. But my thing is the biggest the easiest way to solve a problem with an unhappy customer is before explaining anything else to them, acknowledging what they've said. Yes. So that they feel like they you've actually paid attention mm-hmm. to what they've said to you. And you've heard their complaint or heard their, you know, whatever. This In a customer service thing, it's a complaint, right? And um, that is a really good way to facilitate an easy conversation because then they're, um, they'll get less defensive. For sure. And, be, and they themselves will be more open to having a conversation. That's how I handle every single customer right? service thing. Mm-hmm. A woman called in um, the other day because... Um, one of the cashiers on some day added added a tip onto her transaction without oh. her knowing about it. And she was really, she was like, I come in there all the time. I think it's really important that you know that. And she was very upset, which she should have been. That's shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you shouldn't yeah. do that. Um, oh, God, no. And the first thing I said was, first of all, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That's so inappropriate. Um, and I really appreciate you calling and letting us know that that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I want to and I want to work to make this right. And from there, she was like, "Awesome, thank you." Yeah. And just everything just went so much more smoothly. And I think that that same mindset could be applied to internet discussions of like if we all just take the time to include in our arguments, like just to remove any shadow of a doubt that when I'm replying to someone's comment that I might think that they're an idiot, wouldn't it just be easier to, to say first, I appreciate where you're coming from. I absolutely, I agree with this and this. However, I want to say A about B. That, and that's, my, I think the fastest way to piss me off in an internet argument is to, when I feel like you're arguing with something that I'm not even saying, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so this way, if you if you you're kind of making that acknowledgement of you feel this, even if you're not saying you feel, you don't have to say every time. I understand that you feel blah 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 blah. Let me, but you know, if that's not even implied there, if I feel like you're not, I hate that makes me nuts mm-hmm. when it's just like fighting two people yelling about two separate things at each other. Yeah, that's it. Would just make things so much more streamlined. Yeah. It would. It would. It would demonstrate that you're because the the whole reason boil it down to its basis level the whole reason that people comment on internet threads is because they want to be heard mm-hmm. and if people don't feel heard then they're gonna get more upset they're gonna they're gonna start like I I remember once like four years ago like I, I used to tweet a lot. And I didn't have many Twitter followers, and I remember going off on some... I was, like, tired, or I was on weird <laughs> thing, And I went off on a Twitter thing being like, does anyone read this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I could, like, I could write the most, like, ridiculous... I, I could be, like, racist and anti-Semitic on here, and it would just be, it would just be a, a sounding gong in an, in an open field. No one would care. <laughs> and, like... And so, like, that's when people start to lose their scruples is when they when they don't feel heard. Yeah. And so I think that I think that it's really important that we start acknowledging that we're hearing people. Yes. When we I talk agree. to them. I agree. Um, well, it's 
been 51 minutes. Hell yeah! Killing it! It went by so fast. Um, do you have, Do you want to have the last few minutes of last words? Are there anything else that we wish me? What? You've got the floor. It's your floor to have. Do you want to say anything? Parting words? Do I Do I want to say any parting parting words? That's a grid. Uh... Just one last call out for your bone master. No, you know what? I think that this is a good time to, um, you know, especially because it's because of the holiday. Hmm. I think I'd like to. I think we should acknowledge one of our sponsors. Uh, sure, so, um, one of our many sponsors. Yeah, no, I mean, so if you're feeling, are your goat sacrifices feeling a little flaccid? Mine are. Yeah. Are oh your my God. Are your um. Are the neighborhood kids just not getting eaten up by the Slender Man the way they used to? Mm. I was just thinking that the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, when when you wake up, are you, like, no longer covered in thousands of poisonous spiders? No, I'm not. Well. Like, two poisonous spiders. Have you thought about blood? What? Yeah. What's blood? What isn't blood? Uh, you know how you can find out? <laughs> Go to blood.com slash coffee mag. <laughs> 10, 10% <laughs> off your first order of blood. 10% off your first <laughs> you order of coffee mag. Of, yeah. Of blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't realize we were ready to announce that partnership yet, but that is definitely one of our sponsors. Yeah, we're questionable internet brought to you by blood. blood. Yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Head to blood.com slash scruffy mag. Get 10% off your first order of blood. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways that you can do that. You can head over to blood.com slash scoffymag. You can head over to scoffymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles there. Um yeah, not not much too much new over there. Uh, you can ever too. I mean, in the last couple of days. I mean, the most recent episodes of the podcast. But we're, I'm working on a lot of different projects at once that are. Me too. Yeah, that are going to come up over the next week or so, which we're excited about. Excuse me, sorry. Otherwise, you can keep with, keep up with us on social media. You can be okay. Yeah, on Instagram, <laughs> Tumblr, Twitter. Uh, Google Play, Radio Public, and iTunes Podcasts. You can find the po- uh, you can find more about us under Scopy Mag, and we spell that S C A P I M A G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com. Go to our About section. There are a couple ways that you can give. You can do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you will have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give on a monthly level, some cool things will happen. First of all, 
Our next two donors will receive a free bag of half-wit coffee. At $10 a month, you'll receive one free session per month of studio photography with Daniel in our space. And at $25 a month or above, you'll be a part of our affiliate program. We're grateful to our donors at every level, but our affiliates are individuals, businesses, and organizations who support our mission of uplifting local arts and independent media at a higher level. We believe that such generosity during this time deserves recognition, so our affiliates will be featured on our website with a link to their website or social media as a means of advertisement, and will receive a Scopy affiliate window sticker. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make And be the Japanese water demon you want to see in the world.